Well, if you are able this morning, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the, the wonderful word of the Lord. Hey, today we're looking in the book of Matthew chapter number 28, and I am so excited today. I am so excited about the word to share. I'm excited about this series. I hope that you are, you're getting a hold of this series because if you're getting a hold of this series, you're getting a hold of the heart of this house because that's what this series is all about. It is about the heart of this house. Matthew chapter number 28, began reading with verse number 19. Jesus said, go, th- go therefore and make disciples. Say, make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, say teaching them, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, one more time, I thank you for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word. God, I pray once again the anointing will rest upon the message, the messenger today. God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear today. But God, may we not only hear today, but God, may we put in, in practice what we receive. All for your glory we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said praise the Lord and you may be reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series called Impact. Now, impact is the word that I believe God gave our church for this year. This is our heart at the Grace Place, to make an impact both locally and globally. Now, in this series, we are using an acrostic of this word to describe what it will take and what we will do in order to actually make an impact. Now, for the letter I, we use the word intentionality. And for the letter M, we use the word missions. And for the letter P, the word prayer. If you missed any of these messages, I challenge you to go online and listen to them. Well, today, for the letter A, in the word impact, I have chosen the word apprenticeship. Say apprenticeship. Now, now, we need to understand that an apprentice is someone who is being mentored or discipled by someone else. See, see, if we are going to have a lasting impact and not just a temporary impact, it will require that we pass on to others what we know and what we do and who we are. Now, in this message, I'm going to use the words apprenticeship, discipleship, and mentoring interchangeably. So keep that in mind. All right, let's get started this morning. The first thing that I want to talk about, and that is I want to talk about the mandate. Say the mandate. See, discipleship is a command. Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus said, go and make disciples. That's a command. Notice in verse number 20, he said, teach them. Discipleship is a command. See, Jesus not only commanded us to make converts, he also commanded us to disciple or to mentor or to make apprentices out of our converts. See, it's not enough that we get converts. It's not enough that we are a soul winner. It's not enough that we reach people for Christ. But then once we reach them, then we need to take them by the hand and we need to make apprentices out of them. We need to take them by the hand and mentor them step by step. Well, not only is discipleship a command, I would say discipleship is a co-op. It's a co-op. 
See, one person can't teach you everything you need to know. Can't do it. For example, uh, if you need somebody to teach you the details about Bible prophecy, then I'm probably not your man. I don't make any apology for that, but I'm probably not your man. Here's what I know for sure about Bible prophecy, and that is Jesus is coming, and we better be ready. And that's what I know for sure about Bible prophecy. I have a hunch that's all anyone really knows for sure. See, if you need someone to teach you the details, who are the ten toes of Daniel? If you need somebody to teach you the details about Bible prophecy, I'm probably, probably I'm not your, I'm not your man. But if you need to know something about biblical finances, if you need to know something about biblical marriage and family, if you need to know something about biblical leadership or, or most other practical living subject, subjects, then, then I can teach you a lot. Uh, I can teach you a lot. See, discipleship requires a co-op. No one can teach us everything, but everyone can teach us something. Now, my wife's in another class right now, and she's the amen so somebody's going to have to help take up her place. No one can teach us everything, but everyone can teach us something. And we can't teach our personal disciples everything, but we can teach them what we know. Let me ask the question this morning to you. Do you have any disciples? See, see Jesus wasn't the only one that's supposed to have disciples. Do you have any disciples? Let me put it in layman's terms. Are you mentoring anyone? Are you passing on your knowledge, your skill, your wisdom to someone? Or will all of that go with you into the grave? Third thing I'd like to say, and that is discipleship requires a commitment. It requires a, a commitment. See, see, discipleship is not easy. Having an apprentice can be draining. Because sometimes it's easier to do the job yourself than to train someone and then have to deal with their rookie mistakes. And when the rookie you are mentoring has a day of stupid, and I promise you they will, and you will spend a week cleaning up their mess, and then you begin to wonder if they are an asset or a liability, and the answer is they are both. They're both. But what we need to remind ourselves is, and that is, that we were a rookie at one time. We were a rookie at one time. We have had our day of stupid. Some people have had several days. <laughs> we need to remember and remind ourselves that somebody mentored us. Somebody discipled us. Somebody cleaned up our mess. See, it's easy to forget about that sometimes. Talking about the mandate right now. Jesus mandated discipleship. So it is our responsibility to teach. It is our responsibility to train. It is our responsibility to pass on to others what we have been taught and trained by others. And this is true in every area of our life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and practically. 
All right, we've talked just a little bit about the mandate. Now let's, let, let's take a look at the model. Take a look at the model. Mentoring can be found all throughout the Bible. For instance, Moses mentored Joshua. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses passes the baton of leadership to Joshua. Joshua will carry on the work of Moses. Let me ask you this morning, do you have someone in your life that you can pass the baton to? Is there someone in your life, someone that that can carry on what you have started, what you have begun? Let me ask you this this morning, have you taught them? Have you trained them? Have they captured your heart? Because somebody said it well, true success produces a successor. We're looking at the model now. Elijah mentored Elisha. And you can read about this in 2 Kings chapter number 2. Now, in this instance, it was involuntary mentorship. Involuntary mentorship. See, see, Elijah mentored Elisha only because Elisha wouldn't go away. Read the story. Involuntary mentorship. I had a mentorship like this years ago. Years ago, another pastor kept bugging me and bugging me. And every time I looked up, there he was. And I couldn't shake him. I couldn't even offend him enough to run him off. And I tried. But everywhere I looked, there he was. So I involuntarily mentored him. And today we're good friends. We're good friends. I don't know. Maybe there's someone you need to shadow. Maybe there's someone that you need to bug. You need to seek out to mentor you. In my early days of ministry, I sought out successful, seasoned pastors to hang out with. I'm sure they probably didn't want to hang out with me, but I, I sought them out, and I, I, I made sure that I got to hang out with, with, with successful seasoned pastors. I, w- one thing I did, and that is I offered to buy them breakfast or lunch. And I never, I never met a pastor that turned down a free meal. And so as they ate, I interrogated them. As they ate, I asked them questions. As they ate, I tried to glean from their wisdom. I tried to glean from their maturity. We're talking about the model. Jesus mentored the 12 disciples. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Jesus called to him, notice who he called, the ones who he wanted. He called to them, To him, the ones he wanted. Why did he call the ones he wanted? It goes on to say, so that they might be with him. Jesus handpicked 12 men and he called them to come and follow him. To be with him, to spend time with him. And Jesus poured his life into 12 men. And if you'll read the Bible, you'll discover that Jesus was more interested in this small group than he was in the crowd. In fact, he would often send the crowd away so that he would have time to spend with the 12. 
Don't see very many preachers doing that today. <laughs> and if you'll read about it, you'll discover that Jesus would teach the crowds general things. And then after the crowd was gone, he would gather the 12 together and he would give the 12 the details. See, Jesus knew his time on earth was limited and so he mentored 12 men to carry on his ministry once he was gone. What you and I need to understand and realize today, and that is one, what one, uh, our time on earth is limited as well. The day is coming when we're no longer going to be around. Our time on earth is limited. Oh, let me, let me ask you, who are we mentoring? Whose life are we pouring into? You see, we've spent our entire life growing and learning and developing. Somebody said to me, oh, I'd love to have heard you preach when you first started out preaching. No, you wouldn't. I've never been better than I am right now. We spend our whole life growing and learning and developing. I ask you this morning, will all of this die with us or will our DNA live on through others that we have mentored? Get a hold of that. Get a hold of that this morning. Talk about the model. The Bible is filled with it. Filled with it. Paul mentored Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And notice this, he says, In the things that you heard from me. Timothy, I have mentored you. I have discipled you. I have taken you by the hand. I have poured into your life. Timothy, the things that you have heard from me, commit these to faithful men. Watch this. Watch this. Teach these to faithful men who will, able, who will be able to teach others also. Wow. How will we be able to make a lasting impact both locally and globally? Through apprenticeship. Through apprenticeship. By not only doing the right things consistently, but by passing on. Passing on our knowledge, passing on our wisdom, and passing on our passion. Making sure that our DNA doesn't die when we die. All right, we've talked a little bit about the mandate, a little bit about the model. Let's look at the third and last thing for today, and that is let's talk about the method. The method. How will we go about discipling the people in our church and in our own personal lives? Well, let me, let me give you four ways. First of all, by educating we're going to mentor. We're going to disciple. We're going to train by educating. Mark chapter 9, verse 31, Jesus taught his disciples. He didn't just make them his servants that ran around serving and worshiping. No, Jesus taught his disciples. Hands-on training. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2, we already read the things you heard from me. Teach to others, Paul said to Timothy. The method. How are we going to go about discipling? By educating. Pastor, would you mentor me? The answer is I already do. That's what I'm doing this morning. I already do. 
you have the opportunity every single Sunday to come in here and be taught the practical truths of God's Word and how it relates to everyday living. It's one of our core values, preaching practical truth. See, I can stand up here and, and spend an hour on a dissertation on how to get from Dan to Beersheba, but nobody's going. But you are going to work tomorrow. You are going home to your wife or your husband. You are going home to your family. You do have bills to pay. Every single Sunday you have the opportunity to come in here and be taught the practical truths of the Word of God and how it relates to everyday living. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you taking and keeping notes? Some time ago, a young man said to me, said, Pastor, I had a major decision to make in my life, and I remember that you taught a lesson on how to make good Bible, good biblical, wise decisions. He said, I went through all of my notes, and I found those notes on how to make good decisions. He said, I took that step by step by step that helped me make my decision. What are you doing with the notes? You think they're just there for you to doodle on while the preacher's preaching? Periodically, I teach a class on Wednesday night on specific subjects that take you by the hand and give you step-by-step instruction. Every Wednesday night, we have three to four cultivation classes for, for adults taught by our staff or myself or mature seasoned saints that educate you and teach you and mentor you. Are you taking advantage of these? I will tell you, half of you are not. I didn't expect to be shouted down on that one anyway. Also, we have recently began a discipleship track that teaches you how to disciple people. Well, I wish I knew how to disciple. I wish I knew how to mentor. We'll come and be a part of the discipleship track. They will take you through that and hands-on will lead you through that. And when you get through that, you're going to know how to do it. And Pastor Sean's going to talk more about that at the end of the service this morning. See, we are, we are doing our very best to be intentional in everything we do. And I'm going to tell you something, that we're going to become more intentional. And here's what I've discovered about being intentional. That is, some people aren't going to like it. Because if you are intentional, that means you don't do everything. That means you do a few things. You do what you do well. You do what you do right. You do what you are called to do. And you don't do a conglomeration of things. And everybody's all for it until it touches their little niche. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd throw a warning out there. How are we going to make an impact? By being intentional in what we do. We've got to sharpen the arrow. Amen? Pastor, would you mentor me? I do it every single Sunday. I do it many times throughout the year on Wednesday nights. Now, of course, there are people that I have and will continue to mentor personally with hands-on training. But I ask you this morning, who are you mentoring? Who are you educating? Who are you pouring your life into? Talk about the method right now. How, what is our method? How will we disciple? How will we mentor? First of all, by educating. Second of all, by encouraging. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 11, Paul writes and he says, Encourage each other and build each other up. 
One of the most important parts of mentoring is encouragement. Encouragement. You see, society and Satan will, will tell them why they can't. We must tell them why they can. I've told this story several times, but it goes here, and some of you have never heard it years ago. In another church when I was pastoring, we had a need for a young family's teacher. And the Lord laid a man in my church, laid him on, on my heart. And I went to where the man was working. He was actually remodeling a house, and I went outside, found him outside cleaning up some tools. And, and I went to him, and we did a little chit-chatting and all that, whatever. And, and so then finally I got to it, and I, and I looked him in the eye, and I called him by name, and, and I told him, I said, I need, a, I need a new young family's teacher. And I called him by name, and I said, and I, said I think you'd do a great job. I'll never forget, tears started welling up in his eyes and tears started coming down his cheeks and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, he said, I'm 30 years old. He said, that's the first time anyone has ever told me they thought I could do anything. I said, I think you can. I think you do a great job. Would you consider taking position. Not only did he become my young family's teacher, eventually he became, he became a credentialed minister. Eventually he became a pastor. Eventually he became a full-time missionary. He just needed an opportunity. He just needed a chance. He just needed somebody to believe in him. He just needed someone to encourage him. Remember, this entire series is about making an impact. I ask you this morning, who is presently in your life that you could impact? And what you need to understand this morning, and that is that an impact has a domino effect. The impact I had on this man with a, with a simple word of encouragement along with an opportunity eventually took this man literally halfway around the world as a full-time missionary. And the impact this man made through his ministry with Wycliffe Bible Translation has impacted. Again, in the backyard, someone saying, I believe in you. A simple word of encouragement. Think about, think about the person who impacted the person. Who impacted the person. Who impacted the person who impacted the life of a Billy Graham or some other giant minister. Write this down this morning. The impact we make affects the impact that will be made. Oh, we might not do anything out of the ordinary, but what if we make, what if we mentor someone who does? 
We're talking about methods of mentorship right now. How will we mentor? Well, we'll mentor by educating. We'll mentor by encouraging. And, and then number three, we're going to mentor by example. In John 13, the story is recorded of Jesus washing the disciples' dirty feet. Now, we understand this was the job of a servant, but there were no servant there that day, and nobody else volunteered. So Jesus, yes, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus got a towel and he got a basin of water, and he knelt on his knees, and there he washed all 12 of the disciples' dirty feet. And when Jesus finished washing the disciples' dirty feet, he said to them in John 13 and 15, he said, I have given you an example to follow. Jesus said, do as I have done to you. How do you disciple? How do you mentor? By example. By example, because here's the truth. The truth is most things are more caught than taught. Jesus didn't just teach them servanthood. He modeled servanthood. He gave them a personal example of servanthood. Why? Why do I tell you how much I'm going to give when I take up a special offering? Why in the world would I do that? Set myself up for criticism? Make my wife feel very, very uncomfortable? Why? Why do I tell you how much we're going to give when we take up a special offering? Am I trying to brag? Am I trying to look good in somebody's eyes? No, no, no. I am mentoring you. I am discipling you. I am leading you by example. See, see, a true leader will never ask more of his followers than he's willing to do. Write this down this morning. A true leader will be in the front of the battle and in the back of the chow line. Did you hear me? A true leader will be in the front of the battle but in the back of the chow line, leading by example. Let's look at the last way that we will mentor and disciple, and that is by empowering. Empowering. See, see, once an apprentice reaches a certain level, they must be allowed to do the job. See, many an apprentice has, has excelled far beyond their teacher. Elisha performed exactly twice, twice as many miracles as his mentor Elijah did. Jesus mentored 12 men. And then when he mentored 12 men, he said to them, the things that I have done, you're going to do. But not only are you going to do what I have done, Jesus said, and greater things than I have done shall you do. For an impact to occur, the time will come when the mentor must lay his hands on the mentored and empower them to go do what they mentored them for. Too often the mentored becomes so valuable to the mentor that the mentor doesn't want to release them to do what they mentored them to do. So mentors must learn to be generous with their mentored and unselfish with their mentored. Our takeaway for the message today is simply this. The only way to make a lasting impact is to pour yourself into others. Pour yourself into others. And 
many of those that you pour yourself into will go on to do far more than you ever did. Amen? Father, I just pray today that you will take this little lesson this morning, this little teaching today. Oh God, give us Help us to understand the responsibility that you have given to us, not only to reach people with the message, but then once they've reached, been reached with the message, then they must be mentored. They must be disciples.